or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. The Big 12 football schedule released for 2023. Oh, wow. Boy, that's a blast from the past listening to that song come across. Um, Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're kind of... Still hanging around, wondering what's going on with the schedule release. But there's a lot of buildup for this thing all of a sudden, right? <laughs> it's yeah. They have. Uh, I I don't know. I, I think that this is probably the most anticipated schedule release in Big Twelve football history. Probably more anticipated than the first one back in what ninety six. Right. Well, it, it, it's it's really anticipated not necessarily because of this built-up excitement it's just kind of like where the heck is it like (laughs) what's taking so long that's what's driving the anticipation um do you think there's like there's some type of hang-ups going on so um i i guess the ucf ad remember and this is why we think it was going to be today or thought that there was a chance right because he initially joked on twitter it was tuesday and then he walked it back and i believe he said still finalizing some moving parts okay well what does he mean by moving parts like what 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 could that potentially mean i i think that's I, I think that we stumbled upon something yesterday that I think could be legit in that they want their first Big 12 game for these new teams to be a little bit earlier than like week four, you know? So right. there's a chance they have it week three, which means OU and Texas and maybe these teams are trying to figure out a way to move some non-con games that were already in week three, trying to figure out a way to move those back. Uh, further back in the season, or even find new opponents. Moving parts, that would be my best guess, man. Yeah. Which, you know, is is strange. As long as we've known about this thing and as long as we've known when they're going to be joining the conference, like, we're talking a year, right, or more. Since uh, It's just strange to me that, we're on the verge. Here we go. We're trying to get off and running, and we're still having scheduling issues. And I know it's not as as easy as it always seems to schedule games because, you know, here, here's the, the deal. You know, when you're talking about non-conference games, you're talking about paying somebody, right? And when you're talking about paying somebody and all of a sudden you're trying to move something, here we are already into January – well, you don't have much leverage, right? And all of a sudden, everyone knows that you're in a bit of a panic to get something moved around and get a a game signed. And, you know, whenever people know that, their negotiating tactics are a little bit different, right? It's true. It becomes way more expensive uh, as time ticks down for somebody else to try and accommodate you. So, yeah, I, fascinating to see. Maybe, hopefully, we get to hear maybe what's been going on, or maybe we can see it whenever the schedule's released. But 
Um, these are these are always the things where you'd love to be in that back room, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes. I, I love this text from the 918. They're finding out a way to make us play every league game on the road. And I was about to make a comment, and, and I guess this text in a way proves it. I, I'm under the assumption that every OU, fans th- every OU fan thinks, well, they're probably going to give us the toughest schedule possible. Like, do you get that feeling too? Like, everyone's waiting for it and anticipating it. But every OU fan like thinks, yeah, they're probably going to screw us on this deal and give us a ridiculous schedule. Whatever ridiculous means for Big 12 teams, that's what we're going to get. Well, yes, but here's the here's the tough part about that. What is going to be the toughest schedule? I the Big 12 is has shown over the recent years to be pretty random. It's hard to really put your finger on who's going to be the best team and who's not. I I don't know if in well nobody had TCU having the season that they had, right? Weren't they picked like seventh think, in the conference this year? Right. They're picked seventh in the conference and so how would you like if you were putting together a schedule for this fall, I mean you could probably come up with an idea of who you thought was going to be the most difficult, but usually it doesn't unfold that way. So yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like another possibility is, you know, Joe C., the teeth don't come out very often, which makes it to where whenever they actually do, you you know, people have the – it's like, oh, my gosh, he's not blowing smoke this time. Yep. You know, because cause you, don't, you don't do it all the time. You know, he, we, we, you know, if we thought about it, there's a handful of times where he's really all of a sudden slapped the table and said, this is how it's going to be. Baker getting that extra year of eligibility. That's I right. remember that being one. Yep. And I wonder if right now like, they're being negotiated with as far as this, this schedule goes and where they're you know, trying to put Oklahoma and what it, what it looks like or what the schedule looks like, and especially after the year that we witnessed and some of the horrible calls. And, you know, I I wonder if he said, uh, no. Yeah, he probably saw no, the home schedule you. that they were probably trying to deal OU, and he said, yeah, we're going to have to do a little bit better than that, guys. I, that's total speculation on, on my end. I have, like, no information to back that up, but – yeah, if he saw that, he's probably like the home schedule. Like, really? That's what you guys are going to try to serve us up? Try again. That, that nice rough draft. Go back and try yeah, this one again. You know, here's the thing is, and I think the OU fans right now are okay with being patient on this, but you know, we're supposed to be hosting Georgia in a, in a big-time non-conference contest this year, and that would have been – that's a huge revenue-producing football game oh for the gosh. university, for the local community. You're going to get tons of out-of-state fans coming in, uh, chewing up hotel rooms and restaurants. It would be and, the biggest in at least seven years for Norman. Right. And that gets taken away, which I understand the reasoning behind Well, not really. I really don't understand the reasoning behind it. But I guess I get it, and I'm okay with it, given the circumstances of, of everything. But – you know, now all of a sudden you you multiply the Georgia thing and then probably going to be sending Oklahoma on the road against the new members of the Big 12. And, you know, I, I, I imagine the Big 12, 
you know, hanging the exit fee over the top of Oklahoma and Texas feels like they're in some really great negotiating position to where they can maybe force Oklahoma and Texas into whatever they they want them to do because you just float that big number over the top of them. And, you know, it may be a case where Josie has said, no, you know what? <laughs> No, no, thank you. We're not going to do that. Now, I don't know. It may be something super simple, and they're just building up some suspense. Like, I have no idea, but I could see. Oh, sure, man. How some of that could easily go down. By uh, by the way, you said the teeth don't come out very often. Um, the Nebraska game time, 11 a.m. at home. Text line pointing it out that that was uh, another one of the few times where it's happened. He released a yeah. statement after that one, which was fascinating. Doug Miles on the text line says, consecutive road games at BYU and then at West Virginia or at UCF in a two-week span would be a challenge. You and I both guessed yesterday that OU is going to be at both BYU and Cincinnati. Let's say we're Mm -hmm. wrong on BYU and you get BYU at home. Would that be the best uh, road crowd that you've had for a Big 12 team in quite some time? Because we're all too familiar with, with Tech coming in and bringing 40 fans or Iowa State coming in and not bringing a whole lot of people. I feel like BYU playing a game in Norman next year would be like the best road crowd that you've seen in a few years in this conference. Yeah. You know, I I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Does BYU, are they known for traveling well? Well, not only – well, I just they, they just have fans everywhere because, yeah. you know, the LDS affiliation there. I mean, I, I know BYU fans in Oklahoma, so – Sure. Yeah. Y- yes, that makes sense. They would travel. Okay. Well, hey, um, and maybe that's one of the, the talking points or whatever is like, hey, you know, we're, we've had to give up this and – you know, we need to have something big at home. I have no idea. I don't know, but it's pretty late in the game for moving parts, you know, if they're still trying to move some things around. It could be done, but I, the longer it takes, the worse negotiating position you're in if you're talking about non-conference games and trying to move some of those around, you know? Yeah, I asked on uh, Twitter earlier today, since we're waiting on the Big 12 football schedule release, Sooner fans, what's one team you hope OU plays on the road and one team you hope they play in Norman? Let me get to some of these responses. Jana says BYU is the only destination that seems interesting. Um, Wallace says, <laughs> which, well, I, Cincinnati, we got talked out of Cincinnati yesterday. Cincinnati's a dump and it sucks. It's basically like the south side of Chicago. I think we got that one yesterday. Wallace says Texas in Norman and Houston in Houston is his one home and one road game that he hopes happens next year. Yeah. Yeah. I I would like that too, but I think that's a pipe dream of ever moving that 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 game from the Cotton Bowl. Man, the the amount of money that's produced from that football game for the city of Dallas, for both schools. Like someone would have to make some type of ridiculous offer in order for that game to be changed. Chris says BYU on the road, TCU at home. Uh, let's see, Sooner Shane, I hope we get BYU at home. Everyone's saying BYU, mostly on the road, but uh, pretty much everyone is including BYU in there too. Like, clearly, yeah. that's the most exciting ad for OU fans in this uh, these new four teams, and I, I yeah. agree with it. Yeah, I think the 
the destination, I, if you're going on the road, it, it adds something really cool, unique. Um, I don't know that Oklahoma's ever played out there. I don't think they and, have, man. We talked. I yeah. think uh, the the game in Jerry World and the Copper Bowl. I don't think they've ever played in Provo. Yeah, so that's that offers something unique and supposed to be a beautiful area with just uh, you know the scene from the stadium is supposed to be magnificent. So there's there's that there. The other ones like okay, UCF I think is a good up and coming program, but like, everyone's been to Orlando. Everyone, you've you've flown it's through not cheap there. Cheap to get you've, there, either. Yeah, you you've been to Disney World. Like there's there's no real unique. And you here's the thing: if you're going to Florida, you'd prefer to take uh, a trip to where there's the beach. Right, you're around the water. It's like the one place in Florida where you're not around water. Seriously, so it's like it's, an hour away from the nearest yeah. beach, right, Orlando? Yeah, so it's odd. I get that. Yeah, Houston, I think the first thing that registers with most, most people when they think of Houston is traffic. So uh, you're immediately hesitant uh, if, if you're talking about taking a trip there. Now, Cincinnati to me is somewhat interesting. I've, I'd like, I think I'd like to go maybe explore Cincinnati a little bit. It's a place I've never been. Tulsa so, Mike says Cincinnati so we can make fun of their chili. Yeah, all we right. can make we fun can of their that. chili. Uh, you have to at least visit somewhere before you can really hammer them, right? So, uh, I don't know. Let me think about that one for, <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. No, it does. Uh, are, are you giving up on the thought of the schedule being released today now? No. No? I'm okay. not giving up Holding on, on it. Good. I like to hear that. Give us I don't hope. think it's gonna. I don't think it's going to happen, but. I'm, I'll hold on to some hope here with this thing. Maybe they release some of it. Maybe another rogue athletic director is just going to uh, throw out a statement without consulting the rest of the group. Just let Joe C. do it this time around. Let him announce it. They're not yeah. meeting the demands. That'd be great. Yeah, you know, you're leaving the conference, and they're trying to maybe back into a corner on your what your schedule's going to be. Well, why don't you just start – unilaterally releasing all of the Big 12's information out there to the public. Uh, one more before we uh, get to Bob Stoops' next segment. I say we tell SMU to screw off and go get a non-con with Colorado at Boulder. In. Yeah. In. Go ahead and, and try and set the tone early with Colorado before they get good. BYU is just a blank hole at the foot of a mountain. Man, that's exciting. So there's our <laughs> first person that doesn't love the BYU trip. Well, here's the thing. If you view Utah and Provo that way, then is there anywhere that you could go that you'd be happy? I mean, I understand that there's there's got to be something to offer somewhere for you. If not Provo, Utah, are you telling me you'd prefer to go to Ames, Iowa? That sounds you know? that sounds like a or Lubbock. It sounds like they're only going to be happy if the uh, road trips in Tempe, Arizona. That's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, maybe so. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Bob Stoops joins us next today. I'm hanging out the Carlstone in Norman, uh, brand new senior living community right here in the heart of Norman. Easy access to all the best in- amenities in the area. Tons of different floor plans. All you got to do is stop in, check this place out. And we'll let you learn more as the show rolls on. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. 
Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler Standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. That is Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We get to talk to him every single Tuesday at 3.20. He's Coach Bob Stoops. Bob, good to talk to you. Uh, you got a really cool honor the last time we talked to you, the uh, Paul Bear Bryant Lifetime Achievement Award. How was the uh, trip to Houston last week? Oh, it was great. Thank you, Tyler. It was uh, it was fantastic. I was there with one of my long-time great friends in coaching, Mark D'Antonio, who was uh, recognized also, and uh, – so anyway, they do an incredible job. It's a great function. Um, it was fun to be there with Dusty, uh, Dusty Dvorak. He was the MC of the event. So it all went. It all went great. It was uh, good, great to be there. Well, you're not done yet. Uh, you got the Lifetime Achievement Award, but it's not over. You got the XFL, and you guys are are starting to get close. We're working on close to a month out. Uh, you got the opener. The 18th, at 2 o'clock on ABC, Vegas Vipers and the, uh, the Arlington Renegades. That's going to be a lot of fun. Like, where are you guys at in the, uh, the preparations for the season right now? Yeah, I've been down here uh, just a little over a week. Uh, we've been on the field, um, you know, for three practices um, and some meetings ahead of that. Uh, we have practice again tomorrow down here in Arlington right at Choctaw Stadium. So uh, it's going great. Uh, really excited about our team. I uh, love our coaching staff and the team we've got put together. And and uh, so we're uh, our first game will be uh, Saturday, as you said, February 18, right here, uh, playing Vegas in uh, Choctaw Stadium here in Arlington. What's your offense going to look like? You kind of did virtually everything at OU at a high level offensively. What What is it going to look like uh, with the Renegades? Yeah, I've got my two offensive coordinators or four, two former guys of everyone remembers coached with us in my early, my early five years. Uh, Chuck Long and Jonathan Hayes are running the offense. So it'll be very much both those guys have extensive pro experience. So a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the NFL pro model, but you know, my, I may, I'm always going to want to do both well, run and pass. Be balanced. Uh, I think those are the, the teams that are the most difficult to deal with, and um, you know, got got a, a couple of great, great, you know, three really good quarterbacks right now: uh, Kyle Sloter, uh, Drew Plitz, and uh, Kevin Anderson. So three guys that have played a lot in these other leagues and have been, you know, have been on some NFL teams. Uh, so it's it's looking great. Um, got a couple of old sooner sooners there. Uh, Jordan Smallwood is one of our receivers, and Keith Ford is one of our running backs. So it's good to be back with those two guys. Um, so anyway, uh, it's going great. Loving it. That's going to be fun. How's it been? Um, everyone remembers whenever you guys had it going last time was a lot of fun. Uh, COVID, all that stuff hit. Timing was horrible. You got it re-going again now. The Rock's been in charge. How's it been? Uh, I don't know if it's been any different. Uh, just kind of what's the reboot been like? And having been there and kind of seen what a startup goes through the, the first time, are you yourself a little bit more prepared for what goes on this time? Oh, definitely doing it a second time. You learn from, you know, anything that 
could have done better from your first go around. Uh, but it's been awesome. The ownership is great. Uh, Jerry Cardinal, one of the you know leaders of Redbird Capital, um, was in uh, this this week earlier, and then Danny Garcia and, and Dwayne Johnson have been. You know, we've had different interactions with them, but they're really committed in a in a great way to making this a great league. And uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be received really well, and um, it's going to be some exciting, fun football to watch. Coach Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo and. The big story around here is uh, the release of the Big 12 schedule. When's that going to happen? I think we're all kind of uh, anticipating the release of that sometime this month. And a lot of OU fans, they're hoping that they get a road game at BYU next year. And you were able to go to a lot of games last year. I'm I'm guessing that's going to be the same this coming year. Is there a certain road trip that you're rooting for with these four new Big 12 teams coming in? Are you like the rest of OU fans and hoping you uh, get a trip out to Provo? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't have that big of a hankering to go to Provo, Utah. So I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, you could count me out on that. So uh, I don't much care. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to all of them, and uh, and can't wait. You know, soon after to be going to all the different SEC venues. So I'm a, I love going to stadiums. I've always loved pulling into other, to opponent stadiums and uh, getting. The, the feeling and excitement, and uh, always enjoyed it. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to all of them, really. Well, it's been strange, and I'd like to get your perspective on it because, you know, the Big 12 schedule still hasn't been released. Uh, you know, we thought it was going to get released today. We heard last week from one of the athletic directors, I think it was UCF's athletic director, said it's coming out Tuesday. And then he kind of went back. He said, well, we still got some moving parts. And, you know, I'm just curious, like, what moving parts could you have this late in the game? And is, is there really something that could be changing uh, this late? What moving parts could that be? And, uh, you know, you know I, I know it's I new. Yeah. I couldn't tell you um, what would be holding it up. But uh, but it just, it, it's, it just seems surprising that they haven't already been able to put it together. Surely it can't be that difficult to figure out. But, Nathan, apparently it is. Teddy, yeah. I, I, I have a uh, source, Teddy. Uh, his name rhymes yeah. with Matty McMillan. He was telling me <laughs> earlier today that uh, the new Blue Bottle uh, blue bottle Platinum of Rock and Roll Tequila is launching in Oklahoma. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, ah. Blue Bottle Platinum. Bob, does that mean that this new Platinum Rock and Roll Tequila bottle resembles your new team colors? Uh, very much so. Nice. Uh, it, I don't. I can't. I, I wouldn't want to go so far as to say that's why they did it, <laughs> but uh, but it, it very much does. Uh, light blue bottle, um, guitar bottle, and uh, yeah, the rock and roll team's been doing a great job. They're uh, been well received. That's going to be awesome. Maybe a celebratory beverage or two after the. The opener, the W down there in they Arlington, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the first time. I remember Seltzer's being in the locker room. Yeah, that room. was I cool. That, right? I yeah, remember that. Not, there's, that was there's fun. There's not many, many rules about what goes on around our <laughs> locker room after the game. So so after the victory, they had a cooler full of Seltzer's the last time. I was surprised myself. But I got to admit, I partook in one, so, so be it. <laughs> yes. I can't blame you for that. Oh, that's awesome. It's a lot of fun, man. I, 
Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a little looser. You get to see a little more access there from the players and on the sideline and maybe in the locker room and some stuff. Uh, everyone loosens up a little bit, and, uh, man, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Coach, um, I got we'll one more chat question again. before he gets oh, out okay. of here. Go yeah, ahead, well, Peyton Manning said something very interesting last night, Bob, on halftime adjustments. Uh, Peyton Manning said this, quote, I don't know if I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think that's the biggest <laughs> myth in football, the halftime adjustments. You go in, would, you agree with that? I would totally agree uh, with, with Peyton. Sometimes people act, you know, you, had a, you, you played so great in your second half, and people want to act like it was the adjustments. No, you just played better. <laughs> so, you know, you, you learn some things, and you can make an adjustment or two, sure, but – but to think that all of a sudden you're uh, 20 points, 20-some point different adjustment, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I think sometimes you just played better and the other team that was ahead didn't play as well, and, it, and then you got a big turnaround. Yeah, the adjustment is usually someone uh, starts doing what they were supposed to be doing in the first half. That's usually, <laughs> there you that's go. usually what the adjustment that's, is. That, that's the adjustment that uh, Johnny over there – figures out a certain play that, look, we worked on this all week. You're supposed to be here. And then he's like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's – anyway, um, yeah, I, I would agree totally with Peyton. How could yeah, you not? That's good stuff. Well, you know, part of it, too, is like when you won as much as Peyton did, the adjustments were probably adjusting to him right. and what he was okay. doing. You know, <laughs> he was typically yeah. uh, in a pretty good position. So, no, But you're well, you coach, a good point. Yeah. Usually it's just getting people to settle down and relax and see it, you know, what we've worked on all week. And usually that's all it is. Yeah. Well, you know, it, what was interesting for me from college to the NFL, it, you know, you got the longer halftime. I was just, you come in, the coaches usually have a little uh, meeting together, and then here they come, and you go through the problem areas, what you messed up, uh, you know, let's rehash the different calls we're going to be in for this, and, and what went wrong, let's refit some of these things, or draw them up, and, and what, what, yeah. what have we been missing, what do we think they're going to go back to the second half, I mean, there, there's like some action going on, and then I went to the NFL coach, and that's what I was expecting at halftime. And I don't even know that I saw a coach at halftime in the NFL. It's like it's a glorified uh, bathroom break, and it's like, okay, guys, let's get back it out is. there. Well, it's, it's not – what is it? It's 10 to 15 minutes, right, tops? Maybe yep. 12 yep. minutes or 10 it's minutes. It's 12, but everybody. that clock starts as, as, as soon as it hits zero in the second quarter. That clock's rolling, so, yeah. I know, and that's my point. So what are you going to change, uh, you know, in that, that amount of time? And uh, anyway, you have your plan, and, and uh, some, uh, you know, in my opinion, you just coaches will call something different, you know, the next time they see a certain formation. So your calls might have improved, and or you're just just your execution improved. Yeah. All right, coach. Good stuff. Uh, we're looking forward to that home opener. It's going to be fun, and uh, we'll we'll talk with you next week. Yeah, let's get everybody up there in Soonerland. Come on down here and support our. Our Arlington Renegades. Appreciate you yeah, guys. We can do do it. That. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. All right, coach. With you. Okay. That is funny. Yeah, the NFL is like 12 minutes, and they immediately start the clock. Uh, mm -hmm. Calling high school games for like 9, 10 years, 
everyone has to be off the field before they start the 20 minute uh, time in between for halftime. So NFL maybe 12 minutes, high school it seems like 25, and college football got a pretty long halftime too. Yeah, and I don't know. I you know there's. It seems like it's slowly getting longer and longer. Maybe they're a little bit slow on starting that clock. The NFL, though, is pretty quick because they've got those windows that they are, uh, they're really tied to. And they're like, they're like pushing the game along, it feels like, towards the end of that, that Sunday, that first little, um, the noon kickoff games. It's like, okay, hurry up. And we don't want this thing going to overtime. So, uh, (laughs) we'll try and officiate ourselves out of this thing. It feels like a lot of time, but yeah, good stuff there from Coach. Um, man, I'm looking. For, I'm actually looking forward to the XFL. I know yeah, I say that every fun. time, but it's I, I enjoy it. I think probably for me, it's because I played in one of those startup leagues and and recognize how much fun it was and what it's like for those players. But um, much looser. It's still pretty fun. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from the Carlstone in Norman. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. After an amazing run to the... Appreciate him hopping on with us every single Tuesday at 320, brought to you by Modelo. And hey, he still might go to Provo, Utah, if that game's on the schedule next year, but uh, he wasn't as eager as everyone else to see a game out there. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't... It, there may be a backstory there we may have to fish for at some point. Yeah, we probably should have asked a follow-up question there as to uh, why. But, uh, yeah, st- I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that one. I, it's probably one of those things where he's like, who cares? As long, let's just get there and play the football game and win it. I mean, that's the old coach coming out, you know. It's like it doesn't matter where we play the football game. Let's just go execute, get the W, and come back home. Uh, let's see, from the 918, Bill in Tulsa says, Hey, guys, the guest – oh, that's the wrong one. Guys, why are we such nervous Nellies about the Big 12 screwing us on the schedule? We know who all the teams are. We play some at home and some on the road. No big deal. Just go play and win. 100% agree. Uh, I think it's probably just a – it's an off-season thing, right? We need – it's part of the soap opera. Uh, what's going on today? How do we follow along? How do we, what does it mean for us? Why do they have us playing this game instead of that game? It's just part of the, uh, the enjoyment of following along. I don't think there's any team, uh, new Big 12, previous Big 12, whatever, that we're scared of playing either home or away, right? I, uh, I'm scared of going to Orlando in September and it being hotter than the <laughs> gates. But, yeah, other than that, I, I think I agree. Here's the thing, and I know we're coming off of the, the season that we had, but if we play to our standards in this conference, it really shouldn't matter who we play and where the game is played. We should be able to beat – Every single team in this conference, no matter where where it is. Uh, Big 12 equals clown show. That's from uh, Camo Sooner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just, I guess to me is like, why is it taking so long? And I want to know, I, it's less about who we play and where we play them. For me, it's more about like, what are they trying to pin us to? Yep. 
or you know, wh- like what is the negotiation that's happening? Like, what is what's the reason why it's taking so long? Yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't expect this to happen for a second. I, I, I don't. But I have heard people bring this up, uh, not with like anyone with knowledge of the situation, just like, well, if the home schedule doesn't look great next year, maybe they're trying to negotiate OSU coming here back to back years. I mean, OU did go to Stillwater back to back years in 2010 and 2011. And so, like, yeah, that's a nice thought, but I, I don't think for one second that, that the Big 12 is going to be putting Oklahoma State on the schedule again in Norman. No. We may be lucky if we get Oklahoma State at all, right? But here's the thing. That game is going to be in Stillwater, or rather it's supposed to be in Stillwater. Right? Oklahoma State definitely wants to play that game. That is a, that's a sellout stadium. That's a, that's a bunch of people showing up in game for game day. That's, you know, just like us, we're asking about what's the biggest home conference game, like where we get people traveling in that we have. And for Oklahoma State, there's there's no doubt. And, you know, probably oh. Oklahoma State for us is, is a Well, that's what I was about to ask you. Two. Since the league started in 96, what has been the biggest, like, moneymaker home game consistently throughout the years? I guess well, it's probably it, Oklahoma State, right? Yeah. Early on, um, it probably would have been... Nebraska? Nebraska, clearly. But, you know, you only played them, like, once every four years at home, right? Yeah, how you, that played them in, uh, up? you played them 96 here, you played them 2000 here, 04 and 08. So you got them, like, four times. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's probably... I guess it's Oklahoma State. That's probably the right answer. Though yeah, maybe it's still Nebraska. Like th- those are so heavily weighted. Some of those Nebraska games. Maybe it's still the Huskers. Well, especially like the like the 2000 game. And I'm trying to remember what was how was Nebraska in 04? Not very good. I know they were. Uh, Bill Callahan basically was. Uh, it was chicken. You know what game plan? And he tried to shorten <laughs> the game as much as possible. Uh, OU won that game thirty to three, but you know, is that the one that we were talking about previously, where someone got sued for like was it punching someone or something on the way out so, off the field? There's a lot that happened that night, actually. OU fans, I think, threw oranges on the field and got a penalty, put Nebraska in field goal range to get their only three points of the game late in the fourth quarter. You had the player push the roughneck, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then you had, um, was it Bill Callahan or one of their coordinators turn around and yell at the fans, blank and hillbillies? Yeah. There's, there's a lot that happened right. that night in Norman. Yeah. Do you remember the Texas A&M game from that year? 2004. Uh, it was in yeah. College Station in 04. But I was what at was that game. What was the final? You were there? Yeah, I was at that game. OU got down 21-7. A&M faked a punt, and it went like 60-something yards. OU won by a touchdown. I think the final score was 42-35. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good job. Mark Bradley was... caught the game-winning touchdown. Just just checking. Yeah. See if, I still got see it. where you were. Don't worry. Still got it. Still got it. Uh, that was a pretty good schedule that year. At OSU and uh, at A&M and back-to-back weeks, yeah. It was- Houston and Oregon as non-cons, Oregon at home. Um, Texas Tech was the was the Big 12 opener. Top five matchup against Texas. Texas was number five in the country. Uh, won 12-0 at Kansas State. 
Yeah, that, that's a that's about as good of a schedule as you can ask for. Um, in the in what was the Big Twelve at that time? Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, better days are ahead. Better better schedules are ahead. I, I'm going to guess for OU's sake that better schedules are ahead because it's so dependent. Yeah. Because you just have such small. Or smaller fan bases compared to the SEC fan bases, right? So it's very situational on what your home schedule is. Like, teams have to be ranked very high and really good for a lot of fans to come. I'm going to guess in the SEC, even if LSU is a two-loss team in late October, they're still probably going to bring a lot of fans, so it's probably not as situational in terms of what that's going to look like, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Nope. I agree. Hmm. So, has the has the league said anything about schedule release? There's been nothing from the league, right? Uh, no, there's a guy that covers college football that said it's going to be at least, like, it, it won't be past the end of January, to which I roll my eyes and say, I, I heard that three months ago, that it was going to be the end of November and early December. I'm, I'm not going to believe for a second that, oh, without a doubt, it's going to be the end of January for sure. Huh. Wow. Well, hmm. I'm fascinated by it. Again, it's not really about who we play. It's I want to know what's happening behind the scenes and why it's not ironed in and what type of negotiation could be taking place that's delaying this thing. That's what I'm fascinated about. This text says, always make me smile when Little Bill called OU fans in the Roughnecks hillbillies when their mascot, Lil Red, is an actual hillbilly. So I guess it was Bill Callahan (laughs) that said that. What a rough night. Yeah, Yeah, it's hey, it's like, come on, dude. Is this your first trip to Oklahoma? There's not a hill within 150 miles of here. How could we be hillbillies, right? (laughs) This This is as flat as it gets. Uh, Teddy, did you hear? This is totally off topic. Teddy, did you hear Brett Maher is accusing T- Tom Brady of letting air out of his kicking balls? He's calling it deflate weight. Jerry, don't can me. That's from the Richard. Hmm. Yeah, that's, no, that's a whole conversation later. On. I have not, uh, but we will need to talk about last night's football game at some point. For now, let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on next. Hanging out here today at the Carl Stone. Check them out online, www.thecarlstone.com, 405-701-2951. Brand new senior living community right here in the heart of Norman. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. From an incredible workout facility, a spa, to game and movie rooms, and even full-service dining. With our professional and caring staff members, you can rest easy knowing your loved ones are well taken care of. Call or visit us online today and start living the good life at the Carlstone. Cavens Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. If you have an emergency repair, call Cavens now, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Tulsa, they are here to serve you as well. 918-282-7612 or CavensConstruction.com. 
the yips is a real thing in sports, and we saw it last night, mm. man. Um, and probably the most famous athletes that have ever had the yips, Chuck Knobloch, Rick Ankeel, and Brett Maher. I don't know if we've ever seen an NFL player have the yips before. Maybe we have, but um, you miss five consecutive field goals, four consecutive extra points. Uh, you, that's, that's exactly what you have. Uh, that, was, well, that, was, that was sad last night. Sad. Um, frustrating feel like the entire world is staring at you and talking about you i've gone through the same exact thing no more than uh what a handful of days ago at heyday in norman uh, on the (laughs) bowling lanes oh what a comparison Uh, uh, yeah just you take a whole world was staring uh, at you an athlete at the top of their game considered to perhaps be the greatest in their uh, perspective sport when i bring this up and on a random day you just don't have it i mean tyler i got beat on friday night by luann by i don't know 30 pins or so <laughs> that's the yips right there yeah Come on. well I, it's a, it's a great conversation for the rest of the show which was more embarrassing brett Maher missing four consecutive pats last night are you bowling a 69 at the uh ref bowling party well, on friday the equivalent of that would have been had he hit a 60 yard game winner uh, after having the yips the entire game. Well, I game. promise you, he could have, but the celebration wouldn't have been as passionate as the celebration of you and I once you got that one pin in the 10th frame. <laughs> we, were, we were pretty charged up. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, that was that was wild, man. That, and how about the – were you a little bit nervous because – I wasn't, man. I felt good. Like They, they got up even 12 nothing. The way the defense yeah. was dominating, Tampa couldn't run the ball. Um, I know a lot of Cowboys fans were. You're just conditioned to be like, oh, great, this is how we lose this time around, by missing a whole lot of PATs. And it's probably right. more entertaining if I tell you that that's how I was. I was calm, cool, and collected uh, virtually the entire night after the first touchdown. Right. Now, I think, what was it? Um, I think it was it was 24 and then – uh, Tampa Bay scored the touchdown to make it 24-6. Missed the two. Missed the two. And then I think Dallas had the ball that next series, and that's whenever they decided to go for that fourth down, right, instead yep. of kicking it, and they scored the touchdown CD to CeeDee Lamb. wide open. Now, like, that was that was it. Like, had they been forced to go for it on fourth down there, clearly in field goal range, and – didn't pick up that fourth down, that would have been the opening of the door to give Tampa Bay a chance to get back in it, and that sure. could have been a big momentum swing. But uh, they got a touchdown on it to CD, wide open, no one even close to him, nicely designed play, bust by the defense. So like that was kind of the game right there. That was it. That was kind of the last stand uh, for Tampa and, and end up working out for Dallas. Would have been different had they not picked up that fourth down and turned into a touchdown. Maybe the best game of ba- – uh, well, I'm going to say it, best game of Dak Prescott's career. God, he was fantastic he's last night. Sharp. He's sharp. He's super he sharp. Uh, off, well, not really off topic, but I guess it's the chance to ask who's the best kicker to ever play the game. Vinatieri, Justin Tucker, you during warm-ups with the Detroit Lions. Who's the best kicker of all time? Um – because you used to kick field goals in your pregame warm-up, right? Uh, less field goals, more punts. Mm. Um, but 
I don't I don't know. I'd have to look at like kicking game winners. Well, Vinatieri kicking game winners and like yeah. Super Bowls at least has the edge over Justin Tucker. I think that's what you have to go with, and the dude did it forever. So I'll take Vinatieri, which I saw a video of him the other day. He's massive now. Looks like he's gotten into bodybuilding, which is strange. All right, quick timeout. More for the rush coming up. Hour number two is next here from the Carlstone. 1400 AM. 